He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate, former roommate from the University of Rhode Island, Mr. Sean Anderson. Today, we're going to be recapping the two big games that have national implications on them. I'm talking about SLU, Southeastern Louisiana, losing to Eastern Washington, and then Southeastern Missouri falling narrowly in the final seconds against Southern Illinois. The Sockloukies are back. We're going to talk about that on this show. Sean, how are we doing this morning? It's always the weekends that you think they're going to be a bad slate of games that turn out to have a good, a really good, exciting, mm. pretty pressure-inducing next week for the slate. So I, every time that I hear, ah, oh, geez, what am I going to do with my Saturday? I, the 12 o'clock slate looks bad, and then I don't know if there's anything in FCS, and then, boom, you get a bunch of good games, and it's college football, and you can just sit and be happy. So don't listen to people that are saying that uh, you might need to take this weekend off because as we keep on learning and as I keep on teaching myself, there's no Saturday that you can take off. There just isn't. You just have to sit there and watch. Yeah, I think you put that perfectly. Also, I mean, with the way that college football works, there's a pretty good shot that this weekend slate a game for FBS and FCS. We've got a really good FCS slate for week four. Sac State plays Iowa. That's the one off the top of my head that I know is oh. going to be a big one. There's a really good shot that all these big matchups that they're all duds. And last week we had we had a bunch of really good games, and especially yeah. that that SIU SEMO one. Uh, it was hard to get eyes on that one, as it typically is with some of these FCS games. But you know we had to do what we could to track some of the information on it. Um, but still, good games, good games coming up. Um, Sean, before we get to that, breaking these down, can you just share with our listeners a quick word from uh, Battle Online? Yeah, bet online is where you want to go if you want to make some sports wagering. Uh, it is the number one source for all your information, odds, lines, spreads. If you feel like getting yelled at by your broadcast partner because he made some money over the weekend through bet online, uh, then then that's you know that's the site that you want to recommend. If you, if you feel like just seeing the worst side of a person because he has five dollars on the line then th this is what you need to recommend. Oh, to oh I'm sorry. Online, you put 10 down. You put up, 10. Sign oh, up oh, Mr. Device. Big Red over here. Use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V for 50% off your first deposit. Make sure you do that. Tell your friend to do the same thing. And then you guys can start resenting each other for years. That's what you get to do. Uh, that's the type of friendship and camaraderie that you get to develop through bet online. So head to the website today, sign up, use the believe code uh, and get 50% off your uh, initial deposit bet online where the game starts you're, you're acting like you're putting down fifteen thousand dollar bets you're acting like you're putting down like these these i don't act like that i don't act like that i, I don't know i'm why betting I'm ten dollars like right most of america is okay well, why are you getting I bet, defensive why are you getting like no, no, i wasn't no, no, shaming. I, I don't i don't appreciate being called out just because i'm winning a, a bet a bet hitting is a bet hitting okay because if i give those yeah. picks if people were following my picks they'd be hitting 75 percent of their bets start a discord then start your discord <laughs> I think eventually we we, we will start a, a Hack City Discord. Not for bets, though. Not for bets, though. Just for uh, so Colin can berate people. Uh, and then Rack can send all the inappropriate things he wants. By the way, have you seen his new his new thing? He's trying to get Carmen Electra on the podcast. Yeah, we don't. We, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he has. I know you don't want to talk about it. He has been DMing me and he asked for my email. Did not give it to him. Um, because he emailed his, uh, Carmen Electra's manager. I don't know how he got Carmen Electra's manager's 
uh, contact information, but he has been emailing or trying to email her representation. So if, if he pulls it off, I told him he has to pay for the appearance if there's a charge, but are we going to do this if he somehow gets her on the show? If, I mean, look, yes, but the recruiting is we have zero involvement with. It's baffling to see. Why? Why? I, I mean, he's passionate. He wants to hear us talk to Carmen Electra. It's his two favorite things. I think we could do a good interview with her. Um, I I don't think we would have very good small talk. Hey, your producer reached out to me. No, he's not our producer. You're, you're booking <laughs> agent? No, he's not that. No, who's just the guy. So who, who, how did I get here? How, what led me to here? Mr. Anderson, Mr. DeLeon. Yeah, guy. a guy, a guy in Idaho. Uh, and he reached out by the way uh, with unsolicited. I forgot that it's seven 30 in the morning. Um, the sun just blares in my face for sure. like a solid 20 minutes. So you're going to have to bear with me as I squint through the rest of this episode. Um, okay. Box score takeaways, though, as we do every single week. Wow, this is bad. You, I don't know if you can see me right oh, now. Yeah. It's, it's just right on my my <laughs> eyeballs. Uh, we just talked about Idaho, though. Uh, rough weekend for Chester and and Rack as Idaho. Dude, I was all juiced up. They were up 17 to nothing and half. It looked like it was going to be like a, a 30 to 10 route. Like they were completely beating the crap out of them. Giovanni McCoy continues to look really freaking good. And then they just... Oh my God, they fell apart in the second half. They blew a 17 to nothing lead to go 31 unanswered, end up losing to Cal 31 to 17. Almost was an upset. Yeah, Cal remembered how to play football and Idaho, Idaho forgot. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough story. We've all seen it, we've all heard it. I uh, just hate when it happens when you have a chance of a really good possible FCS upset. Homefield Apparel released probably one of the coolest. Idaho football shirts and I I might have to buy it. I mm. I I'm I'm not becoming an Idaho you make fan. A lot of money, so you probably can buy it. What is it? I hate you. I hate you. I, I knew I should have put all of the money in my in my bet online on Rutgers so then I could have been even more insufferable cuz oh. I would have doubled it. You suck. Oh. Uh there was an FCS upset. And in a just a perfectly ironic twist of fate, Troy Taylor leaves to go to Stanford, and he plays Sac State in week three. Wow, I, I'm just looking at the, the monitor, and you get <laughs> the lighting is so bad. Um, in a sick twist of fate, Sac yeah. State pulls out the incredible upset over Stanford. And I know Stanford's a little bit of a reeling program. They still have NFL guys on this team. A lot of people doubted the desire to put Sac State in the top five of um, – I can't stop laughing at this. You want to close your shades? Do you have shades? I can't. The, this one window, there's no shades <laughs> you, to close. We messed up. We, we should have recorded at 11. I forgot. We should have recorded at 11. Such a buffoon. I deliberately don't record at this time, but I kind of appreciate how stupid and terrible it looks. Um but to finish that point, though, a lot of people question the desire to put Sac State in the top five, top ten even. And look, we said this. A lot of their team was coming back. I know the important players left. Carson Camp is a really good player. And like most of that coaching staff came back. So they're proving why they deserve to be a top five team this year. 
Yeah, they remain a top five team. They're very good, talented on both sides of the ball. They're just a really well-built team. And, uh, you know, Troy Taylor helped construct that. He said bye-bye. That's fine. They, It's still there. That team is still there. And they got the right coach to come in and uh, and lead them forward. And now they've been led forward in an awesome win over awful Stanford, who may have one NFL player on their roster in a tight end. Maybe. Oh, well, I'm I'm a big dummy. They didn't have been... Carson Camp didn't start this game. Caden Bennett was the starter through two mm. picks. Well, we correct ourselves as we're speaking. Um, I thought it was Carson Camp. The next box score takeaway, Montana. Man, wow, they are making it really hard for us to root for them. Um, the yeah. FCS Fan Nation guys are trying to say completely unrank them. I'm not going to go as far as to do that. But they did barely beat a Division II team, Ferris State, 17 to nothing. I believe Ferris State won the national championship. So it's it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like if Iowa plays North Dakota State and they only win by five points. You know, it's kind of comparable to that. But still, I'm not ranking Iowa as a top 10 team. And some people are right now. So a bit of a question uh, question mark there. I mean, what are, what are Montana and Ferris State playing for? Like, are they competing for a big wheel? Which... <laughs> People could sit on and oh my god, then, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Montana plays down to their opponents sometimes, which which is frustrating. Just skip over that bomb. Actually, Joe, <laughs> could, Joe, could you actually put a timestamp into the show description that lets yeah. them know where my mega bomb was? Yeah, I think that, it was I, around the, the nine fifteen area. I don't know where my pen. So oh, try my to prevent others from hearing that bomb. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say skip ahead to 9:22, and you can hear Sean. Who makes bomb. a Ferris wheel joke in 2023? I uh, that there was no, there's nothing funny about that. What? It, oh, I'm, a, I'm I forget the the quality of our early morning shows when we tape them. Eastern Kentucky. Oh my God, this was annoying. I I out of spite watched this game. I out of spite watched the end of this game so I could more accurately talk shit to Western Carolina fans and. You know what? I give Western Carolina credit. They fought and in a spot where, look, Parker McKinney's really freaking good, by the way. Parker McKinney made a bunch of NFL throws in this game. But in a spot where they could have pulled the game away, they picked the ball off at the end of this game. Western Carolina ends up marching down the field. They end up scoring. They end up winning the game. Terrible defense by Eastern Kentucky. Was really disappointed. Western Carolina made it into my poll. I will say this, though. I the minute they lose, they're getting out. They have too many receivers that don't wear gloves. It is it's like I'm watching a create a team, like a generic FCS <laughs> FCS West is playing in this game. None of those dudes look they all look like NPCs. None of them look like like they're real people. Uh Western Carolina willed their way into my top twenty five as well. And as it, you know what, the fans are not a representation of the program and the yes. team. So I have to remember that and say, wow, you know what? They earned it after this week. We made the points about one good game doesn't make you an automatic qualifier for the top 25. You had two good games. Congratulations. That's going to turn some heads, turn my head. Uh, good win. Let's see what happens with the rest of this momentum. Portland State ends up having the hilarious score of the week. Mm. North American, I was trying to do some research on their football history against FCS teams. Sure. They don't keep track of anything. Uh, oh, I even it? I even question if it's a real school. I kind of think that it's. I'm not saying it's Bishop Sycamore esque, but I kind of wonder if FCS teams show up and it's just an you know an empty parking lot 
they stand there for three hours and then they write the score down and then they leave because I really don't think that this is real. But Portland State wins 91 to nothing uh, in one of the best. Wait, was it 91 to nothing or did they score? I'm pretty sure it was 91 nothing. Do you yeah. think that it's a uh, like a, a Grand Canyon University type situation? Yes. Like a, like a Phoenix or, a, yeah. a, you know, one of these degree, uh, you know, college programs where we technically have a football team and technically anybody can play on that team. I, I think that's what it's what we're what we're leaning to with that. Portland State, uh, I didn't know they were even capable of putting up 91 points, even on a bunch of scales. So good for them. Other than that, who cares? Yeah, their school looks really lame and terrible. There apparently are football players, because if you type it in, it does show you some pictures of some football players, but they look like a it looks like a JV squad. Uh praying for those guys. Um, all right, let's talk about these games. The one that I think is going to deserve the most attention, actually, they both deserve a lot of attention here, but mm. uh, Southeastern Louisiana ends up falling 29 to 40 to Eastern Washington. Uh, quick shout out to Kyler for tagging us in the Blake Global highlight. I thought that was really fun getting to see that. And then when I rewatched this game to get some eyes on it, um, I really started to see where Eastern Washington proves that they deserve to be ranked. I, I think that that first week of having to play North Dakota State was just a brutal start to the season. Yeah. They are just a real consistent offensive team. You know, they can march up and down the field. They can move the ball through the air and on the ground. The score is kind of interesting because it's not indicative of it being as lopsided as it was. This is a game where they scored, they took the late lead, and then they had a pick six that gave them that 40 to 29 victory. I just thought they looked really, again, really well rounded. Um, the Sparrows, Chisholm, Global, and Ulm all had an amazing offensive day. I think that they have the weapons, the quarterback, um, all of it that you need to put points on the board to compete in their conference. They're not the Eric Berrier team that we're used to seeing, but I think they're more well-rounded and more consistent that they can show up and beat the rest of the teams in the big sky. Yeah, a couple things on this game. I think Kakoa Vesperis needs to just at times calm the hell down and uh, you know, if you have a wide open receiver in the end zone, just calm down and throw the ball to him. You don't need to throw it over his head. All right. We, we <laughs> got it. Just, just calm down a little bit, buddy. You're a good quarterback. You'll be good. Uh, and then to, to your point on the balance of the team, they th- uh, Eastern Washington threw the ball 48 times, ran the ball 44 times. I can't remember Eastern Washington doing something even close to that. They're that running a the rock. rock. Justice Jackson running, toting that thing. I've been talking about 12 carries, 91 yards, uh, one touchdown. But what's that balance? This is, a, this is a close game, and you're staying balanced. You're staying committed. If you need to throw it, you can throw it. And if you need to run it, you can run it. And it's not going to throw either one out of, out of, uh, out of sync. So I, I just an impressive, uh, uh, I, what is that, share of the play calling between ground and air. It, it's, mm. it's good. It's good. They're, they're finding a, a new identity within this team which is great have a little bit of evolution we're we're, we're for it eastern washington and sila is not a team to, to 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 sneeze at either that is a good win versus a good program with players that play hard and are very tough yeah i really like the what they showed for us in this game and what i kind of one of my bigger takeaways from this is you know they fought all four quarters and then when you have an opportunity to really close out a game, you know, completely 
shut down an opponent, end it without any question. Don't leave it up to debate. You get that pick six. It just was an exciting way to finish a football game. I give a lot of credit to teams that know how to do that. And when you're in a hard-fought battle, you're battling all four quarters, you're going through this game, and you can make a play like that, that it just really shows that um, they've got the fortitude to do that against other opponents on their schedule. I also think for Southeastern Louisiana, it's kind of one of those things where you see games like this on the schedule and you think like, yeah, Southeastern's ranked ahead of Eastern Washington. But the reality of it, those teams in the big sky, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, playing these smaller conference teams, you know, one team is going to come out with the victory more likely than the other, if that makes sense. I know that's kind of like a very vague statement, but those conferences tend to come out with victories in these matchups. It it stinks for Southeastern Louisiana. I think that they're a fine football team. Um, I'm just, I'm not super hyped up on them after this game. No, I wouldn't be uh, because you know what? It is a little bit bleak, but I mean, I mean, crazier stuff has happened. You could have a full team turnaround, but starting 0-3, it's tough. It's very tough to start 0-3. And 0-3 in games where you know you're a good football team, but you just don't have that number in the win column, is mm-hmm. ju- it, it is it is pushing that rock up the hill, and you don't know when, it's gonna, when you're going to reach the top. You just don't know. You just got to keep pushing the rock. Southern Illinois versus SEMO. This one ended in a, just a crazy fashion. Uh, SIU 26, SEMO 25. I'm not really shocked by the outcome here that Nick Baker, the wily veteran, the ninth year short king Nick Baker, Mm -hmm. marches down and leads a game-winning drive. A nine-yard touchdown pass that he threw at the end of this game to Hartrup, definitely mispronouncing that, on a fourth down play with 11 seconds to go. That play for him, again, another defining moment in in his career that he's had a a ton of amazing plays. But what was interesting about this is that it was so lopsided in the first half. SIU only had 54 total yards, or Baker, rather, only had 54 total yards, and he had two interceptions. And he turns around and he says, you know what? I'm making mistakes. I'm not helping my team in the way that I need to. I need to put the team on my back if we're going to win this game. And he did exactly that. I think that SIU is going to be in any game because of Nick Baker. Even when he's playing bad, to flip that switch, to make that transition against Paxton De Laurent, who is a fantastic quarterback, who played fine in this game, you know, didn't do anything crazy, played fine. But to do that, to flip that switch, I, it is just really good proof that I think that SIU deserves to be in that conversation as uh, a top 15 team for the rest of the season as they continue to stack up some wins. Yeah, this game was super lopsided in the first half. SIU down 15, giving up a weird safety, giving up weird plays, and uh, Southeast Missouri State, it, it, they're a good team, and I couldn't drop them. I had to execute with this play in my poll, or with this game in my poll, similarly to how I did with Montana State, South Dakota State, because they're two teams right in that B level of the FCS, and if they played 10 times, it would be 5-5. Five and five. So with this Weird game. I couldn't drop Simo that much, uh, but SIU proved a lot. They proved mm. uh, their fortitude. They proved that they can air it out if they need to air it out. Uh, they proved that, hey, if we need to tighten up on defense, they can. And, I mean, your stat about first half, uh, Nick Baker having 53 yards, he ended up with 458. So in two quarters, he throws for 400 yards, 
and you just have the ability to do that and, and the offense has the capacity to run like that, great. I know it's hard to do that all the time, but show me some flashes. Show me some more flashes in the first half in, in full games that you can you can do that and start averaging, just start trying to average 275 and a couple tutties through the air, opposed to, hey, we're going to be weird for half the game and then pop the hell off and have a gritty-ass win and scare all of our fans half to death with a, with a late heroics touchdown at the very last second to take our first lead in the game with nine seconds left. Like, just show me a little more consistency, SIU. I know it's a lot to ask. Joe, consistency is like asking for diamonds when talking about mm. a college football program. That's what we're asking for. It's hard to get it. Very hard to get it. That's um, But I'm going to keep asking because I know that they're capable of it. Yes. And again, that's like the really big thing for me here with SIU is that the you, you know, you're talking about this is the consistency. And again, just to be able to pull that out of yourselves to finish a game is just, you know, it's so critical. Why? Again, I'm, I'm very, very high on, on what they're going to be able to do the rest of this season. All right, Sean, that's going to be it for today's show at Joe DeLeon. About? What? I have fat stats. Oh, we've got fat stats. Sorry. It was buried underneath the FC estimate, so I completely missed it. Oh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get rid of it, apparently. <sighs> Holy Cross, Matthew Saluka, 23 for 30, 275 yards, four touchdowns. Wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I chime with, with really quickly on this, on, on Matt Saluka? There was some idiot, like the New England Sports Journal, which I'm shocked that's where this guy was coming from, that tried to dunk on the Reddit FCS account for being like, oh, oh those of us who've been covering Matt Saluka uh, knew he was this good. Oh, you, you're like, you folks are trying to jump in on the bandwagon now. It's funny. You all know, like we haven't, like everyone hasn't been talking about Matt Sluka on the FCS scale for three years now. I bet he didn't even know who Matt Sluka was three years ago. Dipshit. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize this was fat stat story time, but okay. That's <laughs> Holy cross. Matt Sluka, 23 for 30, 275 yards, four touchdowns. He also carried the ball 14 times for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Total of six touchdowns. And I don't know, three and some change. Campbell running back and Nakari Rogers, 21 carries, 152 yards, three touchdowns getting fat on uh, uh, Monmouth, uh, South Dakota State, Mark Gronowski, 18 for 25, 226 yards, five touchdowns and a pick through the air. He also had a rush touchdown, six touchdowns total uh, for the Jackrabbit. Central Arkansas running back, Shunderick Powell, 18 carries, 218 yards and two touchdowns. Always feels like we get one or two of these from a Central Arkansas running back a year. Furman, Tyler Huff had a day, 24 for 32, 237 yards. He carried the ball 19 times for 79 yards and had four touchdowns on the ground, none through the air. All good, though. UNI wide, uh, wide receiver Sam Schnee, I believe, is second time in a row on this list. Seven mm. catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns, averaging a lot per reception. UNH uh, Dylan Laub, Loeb, whatever. He makes a lot of pass uh, catches and he, he runs the ball a lot. 33 carries, 180 yards and a touchdown. He caught it six times for 31 yards and a touchdown. Austin P quarterback, Mike DeLello, 37 for 46, 441 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, the short King we were just talking about SIU, Nick Baker, 37 for 51, 458 yards, three touchdowns through the air, two picks. UT Martins Kincaid uh, Dent or Kincaid Dent, 
20 for 27, 347 yards, five touchdowns, and a rush touchdown. Let's total that up, do some quick math, and that's six. Cal Poly quarterback Sam Huard, or Hard. Huard. Huard. Get better names. 28 <laughs> for 39, 325, and six touchdowns. Uh, and to close it out, Lindenwood wide receiver Jeff Caldwell. Good name there. Five catches, 185 yards, four touchdowns. So one more. I mean, that's that's gotta be it, right? I mean, five catches, I, four touchdowns. Nah, I mine's oh, okay. uh, mine's sure. Heward. The six touchdowns, pretty nuts. Former five star. Okay, I'm going with Heward. I'm going with Lindenwood wide receiver Jeff Caldwell, but a lot of very good fat stats out there on the board this week. Very, very good week. Next week's going to be even better. At Joe DeLeon at Sanderson Radio, we'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.